Welcome to Moms in the Hub, everything you need to know about living, loving, and raising little ones in the 806. Go grab your wine and start folding that laundry while you listen to hosts Crystal and Danae share mom fells, discuss trending mom topics, and interview experts. Don't let the Lubbock wind blow you away. Stay grounded as we navigate Navigate motherhood motherhood in the hub together. Hi, I'm Crystal Granzo. And I'm Danae Hooks. And welcome to Moms in the Hub. In this episode, we'll be discussing the importance of inclusion, spreading kindness, and teaching our children how to handle differences with grace. Yeah, I think that's perfectly said. Yes. I'm very excited about this episode. I am too. Mostly because I need it. Yes. You know, like I really want to know how to properly teach my kids. You know, I want them to be aware of things and and I... And I can just tell you what I assume, but right. what I assume doesn't mean that that's the right way. You well, know? and it, the thing is, like, I obviously have a different perspective because I am raising a child with a rare disease, and she has taught me a new way to look at things. Not every single person looks at it that way. We all have right. our different stories and our different way of dealing with things uh, with having a child with a rare disease or a disability. Um, so I just try to give my perspective and what I've learned through Hannah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm excited because I want my kids to, to love everyone. Well, yeah. And it's you know? important to discuss it at an early age um, and answer questions because that's how kids learn. And that's what I always say. Kids learn by asking questions. And if we sweep it under the rug and we don't answer their questions properly, then they draw their own conclusions so and make up their own answers exactly so and I can tell you from experience that that's not very smart <laughs> to make up your own answers because unfortunately I do it a lot <laughs> so how have you been this week good um it's it's one of those weeks where I mean we're seems like we're just now getting the flow of things even though this is kind of winding down I think yeah but I've been doing a lot of different things but I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything yeah. You know, like the laundry. Exactly. I mean, like all my to-do lists are not completely finished. They're all started, but they're not finished. Amen, sister. And then before I came over here, oh my gosh, I um decided that I was going to earlier shave my legs. Uh, and then I got <laughs> in the shower and I realized all these things that I needed to get done before coming to do this. And so I said, forget it. So I have like half of a leg shaved and that's it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you have on long leggings. Pants, yeah. Yeah, pants. That's what those things are called. But that's like every a- time, every time we get together, I forget normal everyday words. Really? Yes. Like, how do I forget a three, four with the S, five letter word? I, pants. I think it's the situation we're in. That's what you keep telling age. me, but I think it's you're being nice too. to me. No. Okay. I turned 38 last week, and I swear I'm forgetting so many things that I used to know. So I think it, it's, I'm not 38. Well, you'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm well on my way. If I tell you the right age, I couldn't tell you the right age. You don't even know how old you are. No, that's exactly right. I was talking to my friend Stephanie about that today. And she said, well, sometimes you tell me 28 and sometimes you tell me 32, but you think 33 and possibly 34, but I know you've never said 35. So between 28 and 34, that's, That's a pretty big gap, though. Is it? I don't feel well, like it when is. You look at like generations and stuff. Yeah, because are you a millennial? Are you generation? I have no idea. <laughs> you well, tell me which one I am. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I think it's all up in the air at this point. But I'm not eating Tide Pods. <laughs> That's true. So Age that makes is just you... a number. It That's is. what I tell myself. The older I get. That's right. I can't wait to talk about um, your um, 
your workout. Let's talk about your workout oh, scenario. Okay, listen. When she came in my house today, guys, she busted out her. She said, "Okay, we're gonna do this today. I'm gonna eat poorly over here. We're gonna have our fun." Um, but then on Monday for real on Monday, it starts and I'm going to do an actual real diet, me and my husband. I'm like, great job, Danae. Congrats to you. Now I just came off of a 30 day intermittent fasting yes. and I did it for the blog. Like I thought I was going to write a blog. I charted everything for 30 days, not like a day off every day for 30 days. I didn't eat it until 11 and I stopped eating at seven. So maybe I did the math incorrectly, but from my research, okay. And so then at the end of this fasting, I didn't have um, a scale anymore. So I guesstimated how much I weighed at the end of the 30 (laughs) days. I logged everything I ate from like the number of chips that I had because I did have chips. I mean, I, I did everything. It's all in a notes page in my phone. And I thought, okay, I'll just write this blog. And so everyone can see like, this is my before, this was the after, this is all the crap I ate during the fast. And it really did work. Well, did you gain anything from it? Three pounds. (laughs) Okay. Besides weight, (laughs) but you do have more energy. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're right. That's huge. I had, Yes. I've been, it's like when you can't eat until 11 o'clock, it's like you've got to do something to not think about that. Yes. Keep yourself busy. So in that tiny morning, I just got a ton of laundry done, a ton of reading, played with the kids, sat down. And it was like by the time they were taking their naps, then I was able to like, oh, sit down, watch my Bravo TV, eat my chips and guacamole. And then <laughs> life was good. And I really wasn't as hungry during the day. I wasn't really, like, after a couple of days, I wasn't hungry at all, to yeah. be honest with you. I was just eating because I could, and that was my time slot to eat. But um, I was very disappointed that I didn't. I lost one inch. But that's something. I mean, I, I didn't. this is, this but it's is really not. huge right now. It's not. Intermittent fasting is a big deal. I've looked into it. And you I think just, it's any good? Well, no. I've heard a lot of people, especially, like, the energy that you gain. But my whole thing is, like, I cannot have black coffee. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm a fine. man now. I have hair on my chest. I'm like a man. I'm like, I'm fine hello, with Jimmy. Not, with not eating until like 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. but it's my coffee. I need my splash of milk and my sweetener. I don't know. I don't think you it's do. a mind thing. I think it absolutely is. But because I took it out and it was fine. And now it's like, oh, creamer is yucky. We've had such a, it's just been such a weird time. You know, everybody's gained the quarantine 15 or whatever. But just this like college again, (laughs) just this time of year for our family is super celebratory. Like we have our anniversary at the end of March and then it's my birthday and then it's my husband's birthday. And so we have a lot going on. So it's just like one celebration after the other. So next week we're getting it together. Okay. My 20 year class reunion is coming up this year. And are you going to go? I am going to go. Yes. It's in my hometown. And um, my cousin, one of my really good, she's also my good friend and college roommate is putting it together along with some other people. Wow. That is really small. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Yes. I think our class president had blonde hair. (laughs) Well, I graduated from Mason, Texas, and we had 50 people in our graduation. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my class. And half of them I started kindergarten with. Yeah. So it's a small town. That's sweet. But it'll be good to kind of catch up with everybody. But I just, I need that motivation, that something coming up to keep me motivated. Right. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I are planning a trip to Jamaica. And so 
we do better when we do it together. We're bad for each other because one of us will have a bad day and we're like, oh, let's just go get something to eat or have a cocktail. Mm -hmm. And the other one's like, okay. Yeah. So when we're both really committed, we do a lot better. So you're either each other's accountability partner or you are the negative source that like tears that person down. Completely. Yes. Okay. So. Great job to you. But when you walked in today, you're like, oh, listen, I'm doing this. And it was something I never heard before. And then, guys, she showed me this picture. Oh, gosh. Danae is smoking hot. Not only, I mean, you're beautiful right now on the inside and out. Don't get me wrong. But, and that was post-kids. Yes. Like, my skin will never suck up like that. Mine probably won't either. No, it did. In the picture, it was a, a a bikini bathing suit, and she had no extra skin hanging over the edge. (laughs) I worked really hard for that. Were you working out as well? Yes, we... um, See, I don't want to do that, okay? I either want to eat right or I want to work out. I don't want to have to do both. I hate to break it to you, but when you hit your 30s, get into the 40s... Good thing I'm 28. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You're never going to hit your 30s. You probably have to do both, unless you just have some killer metabolism that's not going anywhere. Okay. But we, my husband had wanted a trip to Hawaii with work mm-hmm. and we had had a baby and I was like, I don't want to be on the beach, you know, looking like I just had a baby. So mm-hmm. we both got really committed. We did our, we ate healthy. We did insanity every single day. Okay. We followed the program and it really paid off. Now that was what, nine years ago, eight years ago. So I'm not in that shape anymore. And how old were you nine years ago? Um, 29, 28. Okay. That gives me hope then. I can do that because I'm only 28. I can do it. So the skin will go back and I can. But I've also had two more kids since then. So we'll see. You're going to do great. If it's going to happen for anyone, it's going to happen for you. Well, we'll just, you know what? Y'all will be my accountability. I will update you on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So that way I'll be more accountable. And I was really thinking we need to get an Instagram as well. Yes. So once we push that out, then I can start putting everything on the Instagram. I don't know if that's really going to happen. It's just kind of being talked about literally right now in real time. So welcome. Well, and we can put my drink recipes on there as well. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. <laughs> it's just a second pop uh, blog. Second yeah. blog. Well, my healthy drink recipes going forward. Oh my gosh. And they're delicious. So we used to watch Celebrity Fit Club. Okay. And it's, I think it was on MTV, one of those shows. Yeah. And Dr. Ian Smith was one of, was the, um, specialist on there and they did the fat smash diet fat smash that's what you said and i can't i have never heard of it it's not easy um there's a lot of the same food over and over okay so but we've always been like what so is it just low carb is it low carb no you, you still have to eat carbs uh there's several different diets that he has out now we're doing the extreme one but it's a lot of just vegetables extreme small portions of meat uh whole grain rice some yogurt, lots of fruit, lots of salads. I mean, basically diet food if you're going to eat like a rabbit. But it does require you to work out. And there's some days when you get to a certain part of the program, you have to do two a days to kind of like rev your metabolism. Nice. Okay, well, I think I get, I like rice. So I did like a, 
Not to just I like fried on. rice. I love fried rice. Oh gosh, that's what we had last night. <laughs> so what had happened was, is that when I was really trying to get rid of this baby weight, like I kept Kyle Max baby weight on for a long time because I was nursing and I was really right. scared to change anything. I was so, like my anxiety was so high that if I did anything, I'd lose my milk. I didn't want to lose the milk. And so it was like I could eat a dozen tamales a day and it was, ex- it was okay because I'm still making milk. Right. You know, so that was my excuse for a year. And then after that, I was pregnant with Madeline. And so it was like, then I'm just surviving, trying not to vomit every day. Right, and eating I, what you can. Yeah, exactly. And so then the same thing happened again. You know, I'm nursing her. So it's like, I don't want to change this high-carb diet because I thought that was the source of my milk. I don't know if it is or not. I just know I was scared to change what was working. Well, yeah, because you, you take so long to produce that milk. I had to get... Um, nursing specialist when I with my kids at first so you don't want to change anything up if it's working and so them being so close together I mean I was pregnant and still nursing calm it was like back to back to back to back so it was like two years maybe even three I don't know um of just of worrying about the kids and not about me so when Madeline gave me the middle finger to nursing at nine months I was like, all right. First, after I um, cried in the corner and was really upset that my daughter um, was already independent at nine months and wanted to make her own decisions, then I decided, okay, that's fine. And I lost like five pounds immediately once uh, my milk dried up. So that was all boobs. Mm-hmm. You know, so praise the Lord for the milk going away. I was like, yes, that gave me motivation to keep going. But then I was following a CrossFitter from Australia. And I don't really know what she's doing anymore, but I was following her at the time and they're all paleo. And so I thought, okay, I'll do her meal plan. So I took a month of 30 days of um, paleo meal planning and just did what she did. And it was great. It was like times. It wasn't the intermittent fasting. It was just strictly paleo. And, um, and that I lost 10 pounds with that. So I was down five from the milk, 10 from the paleo. Then I started this kind of weight loss system that I had to purchase. I lost 10 from that. So then I'm down 25 pounds. And then that was included with keto. So then I was like, okay, well, keto works. I'll keep doing that until I got down to my pre-baby weight. Right. So I'm at pre-baby weight, but things just don't. They didn't go back to where they were. Nope. Well, I have... Uh, let's see, 50 pounds to lose for pre-baby weight. So I have a ways to go, but I think it really all comes down to what works for you because there's so many options out there. It's kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I know that Sam and I've done this before Mm -hmm. and I've made like over the years that we've done it, I've done different recipes and kind of changed that up. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly what to cook. It's not new to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we do well, Mm -hmm. but I think it just, it all depends on what works for you. Mm -hmm. But I do know. I cannot just eat healthy and not work out. Or I cannot just work out and not eat healthy. And I did. That's exactly what I did to lose all the weight. Because if I was working out, then it was turned into muscle mm-hmm. and I wasn't seeing any change on the scale. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to focus on the Food. 80%. Yeah. Power of positivity. So great news coming out. It's exciting that schools are getting approval to do outdoor graduation in June. Woo-hoo. That's amazing. Lubbock Cooper High School's graduation will be held at 8.30 on Friday, June the 5th at Pirate Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's so amazing for all the graduates. I know that's something they were really looking forward to. Yeah. So I like seeing all of that in our community coming out and everyone getting to actually celebrate. Yes. Like, praise the Lord, it's not just a drive-by in your car. Yes. I mean, unless that's what they're doing, but I doubt it. 
We're doing a Google Hangouts one next week for my son's fifth grade. Are you graduation for fifth grade? Yes, well, that's cool. It's sad. I never had anything school. for fifth grade. Nobody I didn't care either. about me. No, in fifth I didn't grade, either. <laughs> but I have a funny graduation story. Okay. So I grew up Tell in me. a little town, Mason, Texas, and the worst storm came through the night of our graduation. We were supposed to graduate outside at the stadium, mm-hmm. and it was like tornadoes, thunderstorm. I was horrible. Mm-hmm. So they moved it into the community building, which is shares the same parking lot. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of our delayed graduation, everybody's soaping, soaping wet, soap, sopping, sopping, sopping wet, wet. sopping wet, sopping wet, sopping wet. With the bread. Where's your bread at? <laughs> everybody's wet. The graduation's not going as planned. It's, I mean, everybody's wondering if the, the roof is going to fly off the building. A goat walks into our graduation. Did it live next door? I guess it was in one of the little stalls that attached the building. Oh, but from FFA? Yes. There was an exactly. FFA goat? Yes. Aww. And so it came in. It was trying to get out of the storm. And the greatest of all time. During our ceremony, the little goat starts walking in. We were, I was Zooming with my girlfriends from high school the other day, and we were talking about that. And they that. reminded you of the goat? Yes. Okay. So was it when you were walking out? I don't even know if anybody walked out. I just remember us all standing there just watching ready to the get goat. it over with. We oh. were ready to, I think we were ready just to get out of there. But and then this goat just kind of walks in, bang. Well graduates out there. I remember taking my flip phone into graduation illegally because um, you weren't supposed to have phones at graduation. They said no cell phones. And if you didn't know, during the flip phone time, that's kind of the beginning of the cell phone times. Or the bag phone. Yeah. But that's before your time. Yeah, that's way before my time. (laughs) I never had a bag phone or the uh, Zach Morris phone. I didn't have one of those either. (laughs) Mine was the Motorola and the um, Alien that was purple. I remember him coming out in the commercials. But anyways, and so I snuck in that phone and... um, Did you get caught? No, I didn't get caught. There's a ton of us. I graduated with a million kids. And being an M, I was a McConnell. And so I was right there in the middle. So while everyone and all these kids, I like, you know, everyone, I knew no one. I knew the cheerleading team. And that was about it. Like, I don't know anyone from my, um, my alum. And so I was just playing, um, I don't know, some kind of weird game. I can only get one game on the phone. I'm not really a gamer. So yeah. there's only one game that I liked. Because you had so many kids you had to go through, I'm sure. Yeah, so I was just playing little games on my phone. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, that speaks to your age because I did not get a cell phone until I went off to college. And so uh, that's... we did have a bag phone in my family, though. <laughs> <laughs> on, on trips when I was getting my driver's license and going out of town or doing something, my mom would make me take it with me. But that was the only time I was allowed to she, use it. Oh, my gosh. So you are just a fancy girl carrying around a bag phone. I didn't even know that was a real thing. It is. Look it up. I'm going to have to. And now I'm going to judge you. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had, I mean, if you, I don't know, we had one for a little bit. And then yeah. I got my real phone, my cell phone when I went off to college. All right. Also, the governor opened up hair salons, barbershops, nail tanning tanning salons on May 8th. So I know everyone is really enjoying that. I haven't made it in yet because I'm still kind of self-quarantining. But but some of you have enjoyed it. And so great job to those people. So positive uh, words going out there. And then also coming up for all of you workoutaholics, uh, the gyms open up May 18th. Hallelujah. And so that's perfect with your little workout scenario and your insanity. You can get insane in the membrane at the gym with your husband. I'm not going to the gym. 
You're not? No. You just do it from home? Yes. Okay. That's cool, too. I mean, I have to find a babysitter for all three kids, so mm-hmm. it's... Well, I also do moms, Lubbock Moms on the Move, and um, we're not doing that. They're just doing it through Zoom. So oh, yeah. I have to be honest, I haven't been doing it because I've been using quarantine as an, a reason not to. Right. right. I think everybody has. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm just, no, not some of, some of them are like dedicated and they're on there every, I mean, they got some good girls and it's real workouts. I think stuff. the gyms will be packed like it's January 1st. Probably <laughs> January 1. Oh no. I don't it's the new year again. Well, I'm waiting for them to open that up so we can get back out to the parks. Yeah. Because I like putting the kids in the strollers and working out in the park. It like forces you to get out and to see things and to do things. And so I'm ready for that. So for hopefully sure. maybe... Maybe May 18th they decide to do that. And if not, maybe June. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, today we're going to be um, interviewing Danae Hooks. She's a host, you know. She's my co-host. And she's also a contributor on Lubbock Mom's blog. But um, today is something special we get to interview her about. Um, she's going to be t- giving us more information about Rett Syndrome and having a daughter who has a disability, not who is disabled. No. Uh, like to do people first language so hannah has hannah happens to have a disability but okay it does not make her who she is and this is why i'm so excited to have this conversation today because i need this education Mm -hmm. which may be common sense for some people but for others out there who are like crystal then you need to be paying close attention because we need to get this in our lives and we need to apply it yeah well it's and it's a good way to think about like that so Rett syndrome doesn't make hannah who she is it's just one of the things that make up hannah Mm-hmm. Um, she happens to have Rett syndrome, but Which she's I a lot of different things. I mean, she's mm-hmm. an eight-year-old little girl, so right. um, that's just one of the things. It's a huge thing. It's significant, but you have to think about it that way. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And it has stuck, like, since you told me that a while back, you know, it it has really stuck. So now I think about it all the time, when even when it's not, you know, um, a disease or anything that someone has. I just wonder, how am I naturally talking about people? Do I talk about them as if this defines them or it's the person and then right. whatever the scenario is. And that goes along with, you know, religion, race, I yeah, mean, everything. everything. Yeah, everything. Absolutely everything. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I've applied it in other areas. So, anyway, so go ahead and tell us, what is Rett syndrome? So, Rett syndrome is a genetic neurological um, disease. It's a rare disease. And it is not hereditary, but it is a mutation on one of her chromosomes. Mm-hmm. So, Hannah was born with Rett syndrome. Nothing happened during my pregnancy. Nothing, you know, I did cause her to have Rett syndrome. It's just a mutation, something that just happens. Mm -hmm. But it does not kind of rear its ugly head till later. So when she was born, we thought she was healthy. We thought everything was fine. You know, you wait for the doctor to say. It's missing a foot. Yeah, Yeah. right. Something's going on. Yes, you you just wait for that and you kind of Mm -hmm. take a deep breath and you know, a sigh of relief whenever, you know, everything's okay and you don't have to worry. And so we took her home. She was perfect. Mm -hmm. She was absolutely perfect. Um, Perfect head, perfect everything. And she crawled. She played with her babies. She even said mama. She did everything that a typical infant does. She hit all of her milestones until she was a year old. So when she was a year old, I just noticed a couple of things. She was doing like a repetitive hand move movement. She was mouthing a lot of things, which it wasn't, you know, something abnormal, but it just seemed like she was doing it excessively. And she started to try to pull up and try to take some steps, but that kind of stopped. And I wasn't too concerned because my son was a late walker. 
But when she started to regress a little bit, she stopped talking and stopped playing. We kind of got concerned and thought, you know, now's the time we need to actually go see the doctor and see if something else is going on. And I didn't know if I was just being worried or paranoid Mm -hmm. or something. But the doctor agreed that, you know, she was delayed. So we started doing therapy. So she started physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. And after a while, there was no improvement. And I had, before that, I had no experience with any type of therapy. So I did not know the process. Mm -hmm. But I thought maybe she should have, we should have seen some progress. And we hadn't. So that's when we started seeing other doctors, neurologists, geneticists, and started, you know, going to different. We went to New Orleans. We were living in um, Louisiana at the time. And we went to a geneticist at the children's hospital and he immediately when he saw her started, you know, giving his opinion and he mentioned the word Rett syndrome, but he said he didn't think that that's what she had. He thought she had Angelman syndrome, which they have a lot of similarities um, in their symptoms. And we went to, so he said he didn't, she didn't think she, he, she, he didn't think she had Rett syndrome. We left there. I got in the car and I Googled Rett syndrome because I'd never heard that word before. Right. And I knew instantly, right there in the parking lot, that's exactly what Hannah had. But after that, it was just a matter of getting the testing done and getting her diagnosed. And so it really was from the beginning of our concerns to an actual diagnosis with genetic testing was almost a year. Wow. So she was So diagnosed. you started this at one, and so probably right. until her second birthday. 21 so, months. Yeah. Okay. And so she's two years old and not crawling? She was still crawling. Okay, she's yeah. crawling, but not pulling up, not walking. We were still trying to pull up. She was still doing, I mean, we, we've never stopped therapy. So she was still doing a lot of these things. She just wasn't making progress. Gotcha. She had stopped talking. So she stopped saying mama. I mean, that's her first word. And she's stopped around that age. I bet that's heartbreaking. And it's never said it again. Yeah. But um, I remember the day we found out. My husband had come home early from work, and it was exactly a week before Christmas. And I knew. I mean, I knew before she was diagnosed that's what she had, a kind of mother's intuition. Mm-hmm. But when he walked to the door early that day, I knew exactly what he was coming home to tell me, that he had gotten a phone call from the doctor. And I just, I mean, I fell to the ground sobbing because it was just the finality of all of it mm-hmm. and not knowing you know, what our life was going to be like, what her life was going to be like, health. And, you know, it was just scary. So it was a very difficult, difficult time to get her diagnosis. So getting into that, how has all of your lives changed? Well, I have to say there's, it changes weekly. Hannah has, she went through a regression phase and she's now in a wheelchair full time. She now uses a feeding tube. Um, It became too dangerous for her to eat by mouth. And it just, she wasn't gaining weight. So we need, it was for a lot of reasons that we needed to do that. And she now has seizures. So her health. So when did the seizures start? We've noticed them for probably about, we thought for about a year. And we finally got, almost a year ago, we finally got confirmation during an EEG at her hospital. One of her visits with her doctor while she was getting it, she had one on the EEG. And how old is she currently? She just turned to eight. Just turned to eight. Yes. Okay, so probably like seven is when these... Six or seven. Six or seven yeah. is when we the have, seizures started. We had questions. Okay. So health-wise, she is in good health, but different things have come up. Different levels mm-hmm. of things that we worry about have happened. Um, but our 
the biggest change is probably our perspective as a family. Mm-hmm. Before Hannah, I I didn't look at things the way that I do now, and and that's been a huge positive for us because she's just opened our eyes to just a whole new world and a way of you know speaking to people, meeting people, uh, just living life moment to moment, and just really you know really enjoying the small things. You know, mm-hmm. every milestone she has is a huge accomplishment. So we don't take things for granted. Right. And she taught us that. So it's definitely comes with positive and negative things, but I think the positive definitely outweigh the negatives. And of course, we still worry about her health all the time and that's at the forefront of our minds most of the time. Mm-hmm. But she definitely has given us a a great perspective. And we've done a lot of positive things since her diagnosis um, with that perspective. Yeah. So what do you want people to know about Hannah and her journey? Well, she is, I mean, she's an absolute rock star to us. And I think Mm -hmm. that I go around and I speak to kids and I speak to adults about this perspective. And I want people to know that, especially when it comes to Rett syndrome, and a lot of people who may have a disability or disease is they do understand. She understands everything. Uh, some people automatically assume because she does not use her words to speak, she's nonverbal, mm-hmm. that she doesn't understand. And that's not the case. And that's not the case with a lot of people. So we need to treat her like an eight-year-old little girl. And that's how neat people need to treat her. Yeah. She has the same likes and dislikes. We just kind of have to go about things differently um, when it comes to, you know, communicating or um, just her care in general. But I think that, I, I mean, my biggest thing is, you need to get to know everybody because you find out you have a lot in common. She is eight years old and she has changed so many people's lives. Yeah. So she's got a huge mission. So what is she most into right now? She's an eight-year-old girl. So what are they into? So she is a very girly eight-year-old girl. She likes her Jojo Siwa, however you say that, <laughs> bows. She loves mermaids and unicorns. So we've got our Thelma the Unicorn books. Um, all kinds of mermaid stuff. Her whole room is mermaids and she loves pink and purple and sparkles, anything that kind of shines. She's yeah. She's really a girly it. girl. She is. Totally okay. Girly so girl. things are different. Um, you have, cause that's what you said, right? That you have to go about it a different way. Correct. Okay. So like communication is different. So how is it that she communicates that she loves mermaids with you? She does a lot of communication with her eyes. Okay. If you ask her a question, we do have a yes and no, where she looks at me for yes, looks away for no. We do um, what's called low-tech communication boards, where she can look at different pictures and different things. She does have a communication device, a computer, that she can look at, and it'll read her her eyes and say the words for her. That's still a work in progress, because it's like learning a completely different language for me, and mm-hmm. I'm sure for her as well. So being her mother... I can read her probably a lot better than most people, but I give her options and she makes a choice. So she speaks with her eyes very, very clearly. And people that don't even know her can see that right away. Wow. I love that. How has Hannah inspired you to write a book series? And it is a series because you're working on this second one right now. Yes. The second one is done. I just have to get it published and I'm writing the third. About a year after Hannah was diagnosed, a year or two, when she was smaller, it wasn't very clear that she had um, a rare disease, that she had Rett syndrome. She looked like every single two and three year old. Mm -hmm. As she got older and needed the wheelchair and wasn't communicating and was doing the repetitive hand movements, 
other kids started to take notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would be out in public and kids were very curious. They wanted to know, you know, why is this little girl that looks just like me? Why is she in a wheelchair? Why is she not speaking? We wanted to ask questions. But a lot of times parents and other people felt uncomfortable and did not want to necessarily approach us or have their child approach us. Mm-hmm. So they kind of said, you know, just let them be, leave them alone. Yeah. And, you know, this ignore is, that. Right. This mm-hmm. is speaking from my experience and my, how we feel about it. And there are some people that want to be left alone. Um, they want just to be their life and they want to, they deal with it a different way than what I do. I like people to ask questions. I want people to come up and get to know Hannah. Um, they, I want them to know why she is not speaking, why she uses a wheelchair. So it made me realize that we needed to educate people, especially younger kids. Mm-hmm. Because if we started having this conversation when kids were small and continued the, the conversation to adulthood, then there wouldn't be so many stares, so many questions, so many um, miscommunications when it comes to people who do have a disability. So I decided to write a book, and it was based on one of Hannah's loves, um, the first one, um, The Adventures of Bug and Boo Under the Sea, because she does love mermaids. So in the first book, she's a mermaid. But it also was kind of a, um, it started off as just kind of a keepsake from Hudson and Hannah because they have such a good relationship, and I wanted to be able to, like, encompass story. that yeah. in a story for them. Mm-hmm. But so Hudson is that other character. He is. Yes. He's in all the books with her. So her nickname is Bug and his nickname is Boo. How are we the same person? I don't know. <laughs> so I decided to write. Uh, the book kind of just came to me one night after I'd gone to a um, acting seminar for my son. And the one of the people at the seminar talked about using your talent for the greater good. And I'd always liked writing. And I my perspective had changed. So I knew that I needed to get that message out there and I needed to use it in a way that kids would understand. So I wrote a children's book and then I wrote a second one and then I'm working on a third. And I also wrote teacher's guide, a teacher's guide with worksheets to help in the classroom. Because I know when I was a elementary school teacher, I didn't really know how to have that conversation appropriately because I didn't have experience myself. And so I wanted to help guide people in that discussion with their students. And also just, I mean, it's a fun book that kids enjoy. So it's just, you know, all around, it's a yeah. good message and fun book. And the illustrations are great. The color is beautiful. Like it's a great book, book to add to your collection. Yes. So where, if I want that book, where am I going to go? If you go to Amazon and you look up The Adventures of Bug and Boo. We'll find it on yeah, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Perfect. Okay. So how has COVID-19 affected your family? That's got to be something crazy, right? Because she is uh, immunocompromised. Yes, thank you. I love when you finish my sentences. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm trying to get out, and I need it in my life. Well, and, you know, she she gets sick easier than others. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, you know, if that's the right term, but she does get sick. Flu season is a big deal for us. We have been in the hospital before with the flu with Hannah. Uh, it's not fun to watch. It's horrible to watch her go through that and suffer through that. And flu can turn into pneumonia. So every year we're always very diligent about how we approach flu season. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of similar to that, but a little bit, I mean, it's a little more. Like this is this, this is the flu, but amped up to the extreme. And she's had pneumonia before and she does have trouble with her, you know, she holds her breath a lot. So 
um, respiratory issues are always, you know, on our mind. Mm -hmm. So this would not be good for her. So we've just made sure that we've kept her home. We've kept her away from people. We've done our social distancing, lots of hand washing, extra vitamins, lots of fluids just to keep her as healthy as, as she can be. And you're social distancing. Yes. And you're not going into any place crazy. No. We've done probably everything we could possibly do to keep our distance from people. My husband's even working at home yeah. um, to prevent him from being around a lot of people. So what does e-learning and therapy look like for you all during um, social distancing? This is got to be fun, I'm oh, sure. Well, it's definitely Because a, you have three kids. like this. Uh, yes. is, so one, and then, you know, your smart older child, Hudson, and then a little one. Yes. She three or four? She just turned three last two weeks. Yeah, it's been interesting because I, I started off with a schedule. You know, I used to be a school teacher. I thought this was, and I did homeschool before, mm-hmm. but it's different, especially with having a three-year-old. That is where it really mixes things up mm-hmm. because she has to be entertained. She ha- You have to watch what she's doing. She's very sneaky that one but my son he he's been well until recently we found out that he was not keeping up with this stuff but he's he's very good with being self-sufficient um hannah all of her stuff i need to do one-on-one with her we are not allowing therapists to come into the house at the moment okay they've been reaching out sending us stuff every week we have been doing teletherapy um which is not easy but at least she's getting speech therapy and so it's just been a lot of hands-on, a lot of, we've had a lot of tears. She doesn't, she loses focus easily, like probably all eight-year-olds do. Mm-hmm. She wants to do her own thing. My son wants to do his own thing. The three-year-old wants to be involved in everything. So I've just. In all of their things. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's good because she's learning stuff that Hannah's doing and Hudson's doing. Mm-hmm. She may not understand it, but maybe it'll click in later. Yeah. But it's been hard. And so, and I have experienced teaching, so I can't imagine people that have never had experience in a classroom, how hard it is. But I've also given myself a lot of leniency and told myself this is more about time with the kids and not necessarily about making sure they just jump ahead in their, their education. So we're just spending yeah, a lot of... Yeah, we're not skipping levels here. Yeah. Grade no, no. levels we're or anything. We're not graduating early. No, 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 no. But we're watching we're a surviving. lot of TV. We're watching <laughs> lots That's of educational. Shows. We're getting outside. We're taking walks. Mm-hmm. Um, we're playing games, board games. Uh, yeah. We're doing, you know, all that stuff. Good, good. Okay, so any advice for other parents whose child has been diagnosed with a disease? Give me that advice. Yes, and I think this is probably the probably one of the best things that we did when when Hannah was diagnosed was find a support group okay. find other people who have been through what you're going through or are in that current situation and just lean on them for support because a lot of times you feel like you're we'd say this a lot a lot of times you feel like you're on an island all by yourself and nobody understands what you're going through so if you can have that support system whether it's family or friends or other people who have a child with Rett syndrome or whatever is going on, um, I think that's probably the best advice. Because when Hannah was diagnosed, we did not know where to go. Um, we had the amazing organization, RettSyndrome.org, which I'm a representative for, reach out to us. And that's kind of where we started building our community. And we went to every conference that we could, uh, met other parents, met doctors, we really got connected. Really, yeah. I mean, we got connected pretty soon after she was diagnosed because we felt very lost. And um, I think 
we still have great communication with people that we met from the very beginning and we learn a lot from each other that they're the first people I reach out to when I have questions or concerns because they've lived it or they're living it. So I think that's probably the best advice is to find your, your support group. Okay. So what about moms? What about us who we don't have any, any experience with this? Like what advice would you give me? How do I create um, a loving, understanding child? Okay, so I think that one of the biggest things you can teach your children from the the beginning when they're young is that we all have a very important purpose and a very important reason for being here. I think the best thing that you can teach your children is just to be kind and get to know everybody, you know, in their classroom and in their community because we find out when we get to know everybody that we have more in common than, than we don't. So being kind and communicating and loving everybody. And, to, and maybe ask questions in kindness. You yes. know, like when I was little one time, I told this, I didn't ask a question. This was a statement. I told this lady and it mortified my mother. But I said, hey, and I really thought about it first. I had to think. And I was like, I wonder if she knows this. She probably doesn't. So I should tell her, hey, miss, do you know you have a witch nose? Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, she was well aware. She did not need me to ask, you know, like... Those are, we need to be able to, uh, my goal is to let my kids know, is to teach my children from my mistake that you don't need to um, hand out statements and that when you do ask questions, questions are great. We're going to ask questions out of love. And, you know, I'm a mother first. I'm always an advocate for Hannah, but I am a mother and I have feelings and I have not always approached things in the best way. Mm -hmm. I've gotten my feelings hurt and I've gotten upset and I've reacted in a bad way. I try to to approach it, you know, with having a discussion, but my feelings sometimes get in the way. So mm-hmm. you're not perfect and you're allowed those feelings, but I think definitely communicating and asking questions in a loving way mm-hmm. for sure because that's how you learn. Yeah. And maybe if you don't know how to ask in a loving way, you just say, I am lovingly asking you. Yes. <laughs> you know, what? Cur- why are her hands like that? Yes. Well, Is- I mean, people are curious. Kids are curious. Kids are yes. And they it does not always come out the right way. With and it anybody. doesn't. And it doesn't always help to just ignore. To Correct. Sh- and move along. To, we, to me, we can't do that. To our family, that's probably the worst thing you can do is pretend that she's not there because she is amazing. Right. I mean, you're walking past a rock star that's changed my life. Yeah. She is responsible for a complete shift in me so I think by pretending that she's not there or ignoring is probably one of the worst things that you can do yeah so let's teach him early yes absolutely hashtag help a mother out so we're gonna help you out today okay and so you can use these hashtags and maybe you start using them on Sunday but on the mom's blog Facebook page every Sunday we are helping out mothers everywhere with dinner Okay, so go to the website, go to the page, the Facebook page, and um, you'll get some really great cooking ideas. People in the comments are leaving uh, links to recipes or their favorite recipes in there. And these are things that I know that I have taken. And now that I'm going to get on this smashing it diet with you, Danae, we're going to do this. Um, I'm probably going to go through there and pick out all the healthy stuff that I can use on um, this new fitness journey that we're going to be exploring together. What I do know is that Emily Wilkinson made green chili chicken enchiladas, and she had mentioned on there to use the Costco rotisserie chicken. It was 
delicious. Okay, so if you're looking for that recipe, you need to head on over to the Facebook page where we um, do the What's Cooking Lubbock. It's every Sunday. And let's get some things cooking up in that um, kitchen. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm telling you what, one of my biggest hacks is a rotisserie chicken from the store. You can do so many things with it. So that's great. Everything. Yes. I've gotten a lot of stuff from what's cooking. Yeah, it's good. All right. So we're so grateful that we were able to um, get to learn more about Rhett syndrome, more about Hannah and how spectacular that she is as an eight-year-old girl. And to be reminded that um, we are all people... We all serve a purpose and that we need to be kind and love everyone. Um, But Hannah's brother is with us today. And so we're going to get to listen to not only his mom's interview and how um, she handles things and what her experience is, which she did so great. But we're going to get to hear. And how old is Hudson? He's almost 11. I keep asking you that. I think every single time. But an 11-year-old's take on Rett syndrome. And so this is incredibly educational. I hope you enjoy it. So Hudson, how has life changed since your sister Hannah was diagnosed with Rett syndrome? Uh, It's changed a lot. And um, she has... um, you know, when I was little and she was little, she was just a regular baby, but um, she was born with Rett syndrome, but um, it kind of just kicked in um, later on, and it was very different, so yeah. Okay. What is your favorite thing about your sister? Um, she's very sweet and kind, and um, her smile is very... It just makes you feel, it's very bright and um, it lights up a room. Okay. What do you want people to know about Hannah? She's just, she's just like um, all of us. It's just, just, she um, is just um, different because she can't walk or talk. And, um, but yeah, but she is just like all of us because she um, knows what we're saying, and she she's really not that much different from us, just by a few minor things. Um, what has been the hardest thing for you as her brother? Well, as her brother, I don't mean to be mean or anything, but, um, you know, my parents um, kind of give more attention to her. Um, but that's fine, because it's needed. It's just, it's kind of... Yeah. And hard? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Hudson. We appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Wow. So as a mom, and you're hearing that, especially that last question and answer, what are your feelings? Um, well, I'm not surprised he said that because he's very intuitive. Um, he's a very smart, smart young man. But he's right. I mean, we do have to give a lot of attention to his sister. And I do have mom guilt for that. Mm-hmm. He's now at the age where he understands it's a lot about health when it comes to her stuff and that we have to take care of a lot of things for her. So um, as a younger child, he probably didn't understand that as much. But I can definitely understand that that's how he feels. And I definitely hear his age in his conversation. Yes. You know, like, I don't mean to be mean or anything, but, yes. you know, yes. like, okay, good. I like how you started that. And I'm not going to get mad at you for starting your sentence that way. So. And he, he's the first to stick up for his sister. He's done it a million times, and he always includes her. And, you know, their their relationship's just very special. And um, But I know things are different sometimes, and 
it's not always easy. So, okay. If you've been following hashtag Lubbock moms on the ground, then you, um, have been reading some pretty funny things. So I just want to share with y'all, um, something that we, uh, posted. And, and so Linda Dunn had this thing. She said video calls with second graders. So you tell me if you can relate to any of this, mm-hmm. because I, as a former teacher, I think it's freaking hilarious. Okay. All right. So a teacher's conversation with a student, a video calls with second graders. How are you? Good. Have you done anything fun lately? Yes. Have you eaten anything yummy? Yes. Nice. Cool. Cool. Repeat 18 times with each kid. Okay. Um, because kids are not giving you actual answers. Okay. Just one word. And even not being a teacher, just being a mom of a middle schooler, which I am not, but you know, I'm pointing at you. But I did have my brother in middle school raising him in my house okay. then. And I remember those questions, those answers. I'm like, give me something more. It's that this is so relatable. Every day my son is, if he's on the phone, he uses my phone to talk to his friends. Or if he's playing video games or whatever, there's no conversation. I'm like, say something. Yeah. Y'all talk to each other. Like, what are you doing? What did you eat today? Yes. You know, what are your hobbies? <laughs> what There's is the nothing. weather like? Yes. Yeah, let's nothing. talk about the weather. You did okay. not get that from me. Well, but- moms, we know you are out there and you're getting back to normal. Okay. So please comment below or hit us up on um, the Facebook page and let us know how you're getting on the ground. Okay. And so you can use that hashtag Lubbock Moms on the ground and then maybe, um, we want to know what you're doing. Are you slowly getting out there? Are you in full force, just getting back to your normal and getting on track? And we'd love to read some of your stories and how you're out here in the community um, with your feet on the ground. Thank you for listening to Moms in the Hub. Be sure to listen to a new episode every Wednesday. Have specific financial questions. Um, We want to hear what they are. We want to talk about them on the podcast. So um, please let us know. We still haven't announced our big news yet, but trust me, it's coming. So subscribe, follow, tell your friends to do the same. And as Robert Browning said, motherhood. All love begins and ends there. Today's podcast is brought to you by Lubbock Moms Blog, Lubbock's premier parenting resource for the South Plains. Have ideas or want to hear about something specific? Comment or email us at info at and we will work it in. <laughs>